From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm not your host, Gavin Jackson. No, sadly, the intrepid Gavin is braving the campaign trail, subjecting his body to the harsh political elements with only cheese sticks and caffeine to keep him safe. I, famed producer A.T. Shire, will be your gallant steward, your fill-in host. Guys, stop! Gavin's gonna get jealous! Shush, 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 shush! We love you. We'll see. Maybe I'll be full-time host. I don't know. But to do that, I have to nail this shorty of an episode. With Gavin out working, I'm here to let you know that this is just a teaser for today if you're an A-plus student who listens on Saturday, February 24th. This is just a little palate cleanser before the real meal tonight. We're talking an aperitif right now. Wow. The real meal is our live lead on the radio for the South Carolina Republican primary. Can you believe they're letting us be live on air? No. Psychos. Either way, we'll be live from 5 to 6 p.m. on all South Carolina public radio stations and wherever you choose to stream South Carolina public radio. Now, if you're too good to listen to us live, don't worry. We've already thought of that. And we'll drop our live radio hour into the podcast feed afterwards. So keep an eye out. And of course, it's so obvious. I can't believe I even have to say this, but... Stay with South Carolina Public Radio and SCETV for full coverage of the 2024 South Carolina primary. We're going to have Mayan Schechter and Felicia Eady live at the Trump and Haley watch parties, respectively. We're talking Winthrop pollster Scott Huffman will be in studio breaking down all the latest news and results. Awesome. What, what more could you ask for? We're doing it all for you. Thank you. Speaking of asking for things, we ask you, dear leader, dear listener, to call 803-563-7169 and leave us a voicemail. Give us your hot takes. Give us your thoughts, words, and deeds. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We want to hear it. 803-563-7169. And one last thing. I know the music is supposed to be playing right now, but sharp-eared listeners of The Wind Down will remember that I threatened to do this and I'm delivering on that threat. I'm begging you, please go to SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org slash lead survey and take this survey. We've done 500 episodes. This is 501 of this dang old show. And maybe you think you could do them better. Well, here's your chance to let us know what we should change. It's now or never. Put up or shut up time. Lead, laugh, love isn't just a stupid saying we all got tattoos of, right? 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 Please say right. Please say right. Oh, no. Gavin has been busting his butt on the trail these last few weeks. You all have likely heard him on NPR proper. He's been crisscrossing the state from Clemson to North Augusta to Myrtle Beach and every point in between. For this tiny episode and for Whittle Gavin's sanity, we decided to simply use this segment from This Week in South Carolina with a few voter voices and the candidates themselves to give you a sense of things on the ground leading up to the big day. Take a listen. It's the final days of the presidential campaign trail in South Carolina, ahead of the Saturday 1st in the South primary. 
and that means barnstorming by bus and even by golf cart for Republican presidential candidate and former governor Nikki Haley. Over the last two weeks on her bus tour, the former United Nations ambassador made stops in her childhood hometown of Bamberg, her alma mater Clemson University, Lexington County where she lived before becoming governor, and Kiowa Island where she currently resides, and numerous towns and cities in between. She's held small to large rallies in nearly every region of the state. Enthusiasm on the ground and strong fundraising numbers continue to fuel her bid to hold off former President Donald Trump from becoming the nominee. But now he's saying he's going to side with a dictator who arrests American journalists and holds them hostage. He's siding with a dictator who kills his political opponents. Now we know Navalny is another one that he has killed. Why isn't Trump saying anything about it? He had a lot to say in Conway, but what does he say about Navalny now? Was it Putin's fault? Because I think it absolutely was Putin's fault. Why did Putin do it? He wanted to set the tone before the next election so that anybody who challenged him would know what their fate's going to be. And so now what do you say about NATO? What do you say about Navalny? What do you say about Putin? That's the biggest issue. The second thing is he may not be saying anything because he's distracted because of his court cases. That's a very big possibility. There's a lot of them. We know that he said he's going to be spending more time on in the courtroom than he's going to be spending on the campaign trail. I was out here when Ms. Haley was running for governor, supporting her campaign, and times have certainly changed in many ways, but on President's Day, what a great opportunity to share that with a candidate who has a real shot, I think, at being the first female president that we have, and also to support her politics. It'd be nice to see a Southern woman bring it home. Trump loses control too easily. Uh, and some of the things he says, are wrong, um, but she has experience. And uh, I went through all that time uh, with Mother Emanuel, do uh, a victim well, and um, she led us through that. I saw that, uh, bringing down the flag. In Greenville on Tuesday, Haley delivered a much hyped state of the race speech, fueling once again speculation that she would drop out amid lagging poll numbers. But on Tuesday, she was clear that she's fighting on even in the face of another expected loss on Saturday. And for a rare moment, when speaking of her husband serving abroad, she got choked up. Of course, many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. They're just too afraid to say it out loud. Well, I'm not afraid to say the hard truths out loud. I feel no need to kiss the ring. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. I'm not, I'm not looking for anything from him. My own political future is of zero concern. So I hear what the political class says but I hear from the American people too. He's serving on the other side of the world where conflict is the norm, where terrorists hide among the innocent, where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. This is Michael's second deployment. It was hard for us to say goodbye to him the first time when he deployed to Afghanistan. 
It was even harder last summer when he deployed to Africa. As every military family knows, when a loved one deploys, we start the year-long prayer. It's a prayer for their safety more than anything else. But it's also a prayer of gratitude. The kids and I know why Michael went. He stepped up to keep us safe. Trump, who last held a Valentine's Day rally before thousands in North Charleston, was back in the state Tuesday for a fundraiser and a Fox News town hall taping in Spartanburg with personality Laura Ingram. There's a new Suffolk poll out uh, just now a few days before the big primary. And among those very likely to vote, you're up over Nikki Haley by close to a two to one margin, wow. 63 to 35. Uh, She's not working. She's here. She's down by 30, 35 points. And everybody knows her. You're not supposed to lose your home state. Shouldn't happen anyway. And she's losing it big. Big. I mean, really, uh, I said Big Lee and Big Lee. You posted on Truth Social about it. You said that his death made you more aware of the political circumstances here at home. It's happening here. Specifically, your rivals. I want to give you the chance to expand on that, because obviously your opponents have used that to say, Again, pro-Putin, don't care about human rights or freedom, the freedom movement. And so what does that mean when you said it made you more aware of your circumstances well, here? Navalny is a very sad situation, and he's a br very brave. He was a very brave guy because he went back. He could have stayed away. And frankly, probably would have been a lot better off staying away and talking from outside of the country as opposed to having to go back in because people thought that could happen, and it did happen. And it's a horrible thing. But it's happening in our country, too. Uh, we are turning into a communist country in many ways. And if you look at it, I'm the leading candidate. I got indicted. I never heard of being indicted before. I was going I got indicted four times. I have eight or nine trials, all because of the fact that I'm, and you know this, all because of the fact that I'm in politics. Trump held his final rally on Friday in Rock Hill before headlining the Black Conservative Federation dinner in Columbia. Thanks, Gavin. Really great piece. I think you might have a future in this business. <laughs> And real quick, before we wrap up, just some facts, some data. Data! Already in two weeks of early voting, more than 205,000 people have cast a ballot. That's nearly 157,000 more than the entirety of the vote count for the Democratic primary. Just a reminder that anyone who is registered to vote who didn't vote in the aforementioned Democratic primary is able to vote in the Republican primary. Polls open at 7 a.m. and close at 7 p.m. Find all this info and more at scvotes.gov. Anyway, that's our show, folks. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or voicemail at 803-563-7169. Stay up to date with the latest on scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. Also, don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm not Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Oh, God. Please say right. Please say right. Please say right. It's a wrap.